You've reached the Geek Elite. Good luck. Well, it is time to take that journey into mystery, and we are finishing up from two weeks ago our ranking of the MCU movies. Once again, we went through uh, all the way up to 11, so 23 through 12 last time. Uh, With me, as always, is Ian, and returning once again is Malfoy, a.k.a. Alex. Returning as always. (laughs) (laughs) Returning as always. No, returning as always. Have it not returned once. (laughs) This is true. This is very true. All right. So just to refresh everybody's memories, um, at 23, we all put Iron Man 2. 22, I have Thor the Dark. Oh, we all have Thor the Dark World, I believe. Yes, correct. Uh, At 21, I have Iron Man 3. Ian has Thor and Malfoy has Incredible Hulk. At number 20, I have Homecoming. Ian has uh, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, and Malfoy has Ant-Man. At number 19, I have Thor. Ian has Age of Ultron. Malfoy has Thor. Uh, 18, Age of Ultron, Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel. 17, Captain Marvel, The Incredible Hulk, First Avenger. 16, Incredible Hulk, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, Age of Ultron. 15, Ragnarok, Ragnarok, Iron Man 3. 14, Far From Home, Ant-Man, Avengers. Uh, 13, Wasp. Uh, so it'd be Ant-Man and the Wasp. Um, Doctor Strange, Doctor Strange. And then 12, Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Ragnarok. So, uh, sound good here, video? Yes, but I have to say something up front. Um, so... For the the aggregate that we we have for the end, um, Stephen put um, Far From Home as my last place spot, which it is not uh, on my list. So that kind of throws a, a wrench in this whole thing because um, my whole thing is like one behind you guys. Uh, so I think for this next one, I'm just going to put Far From Home so that way we can get back to normal for 10. Um, does that throw off? <laughs> I think that throws off the the aggregate total that we have. But I, no, so so the the way that I'm I'm qualifying this is that I don't have it on my list because I haven't watched it. So the only it it won't affect the list that much because it has a low value. Uh, mm-hmm. And where I'm going to put it now is like right at the middle. <laughs> so I'm I'm going with this is the least this is the least harmful to the list. If I bring it up now versus later. <laughs> oh my God. We have all caps swearing pep in chat right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. That's totally fair. Also, he wanted me to mention that the previous ones do not necessarily line up with these in case people try to add them up later. That's that true. Makes sense. Yeah, it, it does make, it makes sense to me, but I don't know how to describe it. If that, if that makes sense. <laughs> <laughs> we will 
<laughs> I'll call it out again at the end, but we just want to say thank you once again for Peppermint Gentlemen to yeah. aggregate the list, even if it is incorrect. Now, now it's just smashed. <laughs> you know what? We're, we're just going to that far off, guys. You it's know, not going to so be that far off. He's I, correct. I put, I put Captain Marvel way down the list because it was the last one I saw. And because it was the last one I saw, I didn't have that many, like that much of a connection to it kind of thing. So if we want to leave far from home in last place for Malfoy, because he hasn't seen it. I also think that that (laughs) qualifies well. Okay. So then, so let's say the aggregate is most accurate, but moving forward, I now have to talk about far from home because I hadn't brought it up on my list yet. I I, I'm okay with this. Cool. Mm, Okay. All right. All right. And remember, this is the official no one can dispute Geek Elite MCU listing. So <laughs> if sure. Yep. I'm I'm putting it out there. If if you have beef, if you want to talk about it, you gotta come talk to us. And then and then we can I feel talk like about they it. have to come talk to Ian. Like <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm putting us on there just so I don't get beat up in a parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, guys. Bring it up with Ian. They'll delegate if it has to come to either Mitch or I. And if it doesn't, just stay with Ian. There you go. Asterisk on that. We're going to talk about <laughs> it as a family. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Getting into number 11. Uh, Malfoy, let's go ahead and get it. Let's Let's get into that far from home for you. And what I think about that movie is... There we go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I get it. You, there's not much you can say uh, with not watching it. Now, is there, do we want to give a reason why it is that you haven't watched it or okay. refused to watch? So, to recap, I don't know if I brought it up before. We didn't. But I felt like I was kind of marveled out. I was kind of gassed. And I felt like the end game saga <laughs> coming to an end was my perfect, like, off ramp for the MCU that was like, this is the end chapter for all these characters. I'm good. So I haven't watched any new Marvel movies, but if they do fantastic four, <laughs> I will come back and watch everything to get caught up, but they haven't. I, I heard that there is a fantastic four teaser in this movie. There is. There's a big one. Mm-hmm. If you're- so that makes me hopeful that I might watch it someday, but currently I'm enjoying my exit at Endgame. That's fair. Okay. All right. I mean, I didn't know if maybe if I just called it uh, Avengers Endgame 1.5, if that would have helped you to watch it instead of calling it Spider-Man, because that's how I kind of feel like this movie. It's like the epilogue to Avengers Endgame. That was the one concern I heard about it, is that even when Iron Man is gone, the MCU is still about Iron Man somehow. Like (laughs) the the complaint for this movie that I saw. Um, Yeah. it's him losing his his one of his biggest uh, mentor, I guess. Because uh, since we didn't get the Uncle Ben dying in the MCU, like this is his Uncle Ben dying. Though I don't really agree with that when most people say it because like he learns a big lesson when when Uncle Ben dies, right? He learns the with great power comes great responsibility. I don't know what he learns when Tony Stark dies. That. Never meet your heroes. Well, I mean, it would it would probably be something to do more with sacrifice, but again, yeah, like you said, Uncle Ben he is, is the quintessential sacrifice guy. 
I mean, yeah, get, get it the the quintessential sacrifice guy. Ah, we we made it. We made the joke. We 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 got there. Let's close it up, everybody. That's it. We're yeah. done. Well, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me, guys. It was fun. It was a good, <laughs> good five minute discussion. <laughs> oh man. All right. All right. So, Ian, what do you have in the eleven spot? In number eleven, and I would like to again preface a lot of these with. The middle of the pack movies are the middle of the pack movies for a reason. I I I had to kind of rank them in some sort of order, and it doesn't mean that I like them any different. They're just middle and kind of blase. <laughs> so one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I have a making sure I'm counting that right because I didn't number these. I just like wrote them in a row, so I have to count back. <laughs> Okay, so at number 11, I have Ant-Man and the Wasp. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Yes. Okay. Wait, no, I don't. No, oh. you don't. <laughs> How am I counting so far off? What's uh, going on here? 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. Is that where I put... Is that where I... I'm so lost. Okay, you do you need me to look at what it is? Yes, please. Lying? <laughs> okay, let me go find that list again. No, I'm pulling it up right now because I had I, I remember texting Pep about it. Um. Okay, the last thing that you you did was Wasp, was Ant Man the Wasp. So whatever okay. comes next. So then that would have been where I put. Where did I put? I mean, all this dead air is... Yeah, absolutely. Sorry. Um, <laughs> this this would have been Ultron, then. Ultron, okay. Yeah. Age of Ultron, which you already had in 19. What the hell? What's going on? How did everything you... get all jumbled? I don't know. What is... <laughs> I'm upset. Go talk. You, you talk about what your one is. I'm figuring this oh. out. My number 11 is Doctor Strange. Oh. Um, I love this movie. Like I said, these right now it's like I love all the movies. I love them all. It is very hard to put any of these in 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 a. Uh, I mean, they're all just in a microscopic. Like it's funny because you said Doctor Strange. I'm like, ooh, this is awesome. And then I look at my list and it's lower. And I'm like, wait, what? And then I look <laughs> at the ones that I have and I'm like, no, that tracks still. But these are all just great movies, I guess. Yeah, no, that's. I mean, it, it really is, and the one of the the best. And I'm sure we talked about this last time. Uh, but the best thing about this movie is there's that that la- final scene. It's that final battle is not a final battle like like in the rest of the MCU. It is more of a uh, a thinker, you know, like he he sacrifices himself to be in this endless time loop to you know take out Dormammu, and and to me that just sets him apart from the rest of the the mcu whereas when you're just just looking at the movie itself the movie itself sets itself apart because it's so trippy and psychedelic and all the colors and you know getting your soul knocked out of your body kind of thing like it's just does so many new things while telling the same a similar story to iron man because yeah. dr strange stephen strange and iron man are so or tony stark are so similar uh, yeah, and it's it's great you brought that up because I was going to say right now, like it's not that this is a unique quality to Doctor Strange, but it's his arrogance is of a level that he has no fear in any situation. He b- trusts and believes in everything that he believes to a point mm-hmm. that 
he can just set a time loop with Dormammu, this ancient entity that he has really no understanding of prior to meeting it. And he's like, yeah, this is the only way. I have confidence that this is going to work. And I'm going to die as many times as I need to before he gets bored and I win. Like, there's no doubt. Yeah. He's like, this will for sure work because of course it will. It's me. <laughs> so can we talk about, because I, I, I kind of had my mind blown earlier today. I think it was earlier today or maybe it was yesterday. But how is it that he doesn't pull the same trick on Thanos? That's a good point, right? Okay, right? Would it be because of the like reality stone where he's just like, ah, I, I get keep looping reality. And he's like, no, you don't, because reality says no. I mean, do we do we need a, a piece of dialogue that says that? Or am I obviously it didn't it didn't bother me until right now, until today when I saw someone else pointed out, but like I'll be right back. These dogs are driving me nuts. I think it's I think it's with any sort of cool like this is the awesome uh, cherry on top moment in any action scene uh, or, or the, the like awesome hideaway moments that kind of get left to the side is like how strong they are, but they're played for visuals. And then you think mm-hmm. about it later and you're like, like Sir Ultron, right? At the beginning when Thor cracks his hammer on Steve shield and they do this entire wave of lightning and take out an entire wave of infantry only never to do it ever again for like eight <laughs> years. It's like, that was just for cool. Like it looked cool, basically. But if you think about it, that should be used all the time because true, obviously, because uh, yeah, it's uh, it's obviously way effective. <laughs> yeah. So this is, I think, this is the same instance of, well, we did it in Doctor Strange. Yes, it would be awesome and OP if he used it again. But then we're just watching Doctor Strange again. So I think it comes to just not treading the same tracks. That's fair. I'm 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 okay with this. So, Ian. Back to you. Did we figure out what your 11 is? I'm so okay. I figured out what happened with my list. Uh, I started keeping my list on my phone. Mm-hmm. And the last time we talked, I was putting it in order that we had talked about them. Oh, <laughs> I was trying to like get them all set up and everything. So when I went back to finish my list, because as we know, I did not have it completed last time or I had left part of it at work. I went off of what had already been talked about and filled it in from there being like, Oh yeah, I've done that. So (laughs) I'm all kinds of flipped around on this right now. Um, cause on my list, it's, I'm going to go back and get to a point where (laughs) like, let me know when I haven't talked about these on the list that I have in front of me. It's Iron Man two, Thor two, Iron Man three guardians two, Thor, like the first Thor, Captain Marvel, Incredible Hulk, Guardians 1, Thor 3, Ant-Man, Doctor Strange, Far From Home, Ant-Man the Wasp, Spider-Man Homecoming, and I think that's where we're up to now. Yeah, that's where you're at. Spider-Man Homecoming. Okay. So, home- so Homecoming is right there at number 11 then. Okay, so I had that earlier in my list. Like, is there anything more that you want to iterate why why this is the around the middle of the pack for you? Um, It was... A fun introduction to uh, to our our new Peter Parker. Um, it wasn't anything that we hadn't seen before out of a Marvel uh, words out of a Marvel movie. And aside from giving us a cool bad guy in the Vulture, that's kind of all we got out of it. So, 
Malfoy's making a face. I feel like you disagree. I do, <laughs> but I have it higher up on the list, so I will gush about it later when it's okay. my turn. <laughs> and that's super fair. Um, again, this is another one of those movies that I've seen a lot, so maybe the luster has has been lost a little bit. Um, not to the point of me seeing the first Guardians movie, because the Guardians, like Guardians one, was ruined for me. That movie is no longer any fun, um, <laughs> just because I was at the Plasma Center at the time, round and round and round and round, almost on repeat. It's just right. It's just done at this point, but um, <laughs> I've seen Homecoming multiple, multiple times. Um, I think I'm just kind of, it's just kind of lost its luster. There were some really fun things. I liked, um, like to a point, I liked the Ned character. He had fun lines like uh, when he's guy in the chairing in the computer lab and he gets caught. And he doesn't know yeah. what to say, so he's just like, "I was looking at porn." Like, yeah. what? Are, what are you gonna do in that situation? That was a fun line. Like there were the, a bunch the, of the delivery on that, the delivery where it's like he's processing the sentence as he's saying it. He's like, "Oh, yep, I have to say this," and he's a pole. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So good. And there was a bunch of really fun delivery. Like, there were a lot of really fun like moments and lines in the movie, but overall, it was. It was middle of the pack, but it's upper middle of the pack. It's not quite top 10, but it's just outside of it. Let me ask okay. you guys. Uh, obviously, you've seen Far From Home, so you have more context than I do. But at the end of seeing Homecoming, when Aunt May sees Peter in the spider costume, were you excited about her knowing, or did you like Aunt May not being involved? I mean... Or do you actually like the character not being involved? I, I, I could... I don't have an issue with her being involved. The, the, my biggest problem with that, that whole in scene is, is his spider sense. Like to me, the way the spider sense works is that it would have alerted him that Aunt May was there and would have, would have caught him. It just like, it would have alerted him that Ned would have seen was in his room. So he wouldn't have exposed himself kind of thing. Like, so that's what I had the issue with in the first movie, in the second movie, you know, her, being all about him uh being spider-man and uh being the public figure that he is is fine with me it works it, it i i i get it it's a part of the story it's kind of where they start going i guess in ultimate spider-man before peter parker eventually dies and it's you know obviously it's it's a what they had in um spider into the spider-verse you know aunt may knows it helps out when, any way that she can so Aunt May knowing is not an issue for me. It was just how she learned. And I'm on board for this iteration of Aunt May as a whole. Like, I think she's fun. Uh, it's a, a, a good breath of fresh air on the character. So I'm on board because she's involved, but not involved to a point of it being obnoxious or like trying to be parental about it. She's just like, oh, okay, you're Spider-Man. Be safe, I guess. But like, I mean, you gotta you gotta do Spider Man things. That was the that's the one thing that I was actually, I don't know, annoyed with. I would say with the previous iterations of Spider Man, is that they they let Aunt May be smart. Like they give her moments to where like her dialogue is like clearly she's aware of her surroundings. She's not an idiot. She's not like this innocent old woman who's just stumbling through life. But the thing that I like about the MCU is 
everyone just knows who everyone is. Like there's like secret identities are, are slim to none. So when it gets to a part that like the moments of heart in the other Spider-Man movies where Peter is having this like really philosophical or like revelatory conversation with Aunt May where you're like, does she know? Like, <laughs> I don't, I don't necessarily feel like that's necessary. And I'm glad that Marvel decided to let her in. Cause I feel like she's a cool character to just keep kind of at like shoulder length because well, maybe she knows, maybe she doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it did lead up to like her being in the know led to a really fun, like, are they, aren't they? kind of thing with happy in far from home Mm -hmm. real good because that's the that's just before the credits where it's like hi we're gonna have to talk about this what what is this and they don't agree on what their relationship is so peter's like this is awkward bye and he like (laughs) to go do spider-man things and i liked that but if she wasn't in the know then there would be no reason for her to really know happy right it's fair. I like that. Okay, Ian, what is your number 10 then? Number 10 is Avengers. Avengers. The, first one. the first one. Okay, like why why middle of the pack? Like this is this, this is it's top 10. I wouldn't call it middle of the pack anymore. Now it has a now it has definition. Top 10. It is top 10, but like this is the first time they all come together. Why not why not closer to, to the top 3? Because the rest of the top 10 is reserved for Captain America movies. Uh, <laughs> this is a Captain America movie. I mean, yes, but we'll, we'll, we'll get there in the list. Um, this one is top. Uh, this one is number 10 because it was cool. It sets up a lot. We get awesome Loki as a villain, Loki, like using Loki as the, the focal point of a main bad guy. Fantastic. Um, also goes along with Avengers number one. Like Loki is the one that brings them all together. Exactly. And it's, we just get all these origin, not origin stories, but like the origin story of the Avengers of everybody meeting and being like awkward and personalities clashing and all these things. It's like, I felt like there was a lot of time spent on that and not enough time on being heroes, not enough time on being the Avengers. And I could be, way out like way out in the field on this i i was expecting more of a superhero beat him up mm, okay does that make and, sense yeah yeah and, and malfoy like you you had this at number 14 i believe yeah so i mean why just to reiterate again why is it why is it not higher on the list for you so i think a lot of the reason why this worked the first time it's it still works i'm not saying it doesn't but a lot of the like big bonus points it got was the first of its class having all of these big heroes together on one screen. Like the novelty of it, like wasn't novelty at that point. It was huge. Like this was like setting precedent for the next ten years, right? Or forever, I guess at this point. Um, but I think the first half of the movie is a as a little exposition heavy for me. I mean, you get the cool Iron Man Thor fight for Loki thing with the full power electricity. But mm-hmm. other than that, it just feels like there's a lot of, yes, these people would have conversations with one another that we have to address. So like we have to have them in the movie um, and they're fun. You get good lines, right? Like billionaire, playboy, philanthropists, like when they're trying to like one up each other, like great, like some of the best dialogue that Joss Whedon's given them. But I just feel like the other nine movies or 
for me, 13 movies. Um, <laughs> I, ju- I just feel like there's something they have like an extra value that I would want to watch them first. Okay. And yeah, no, I, I, I totally get that. And Go looking ahead. at looking at um, some of the things that they they show in the Avengers, like Thor smacking Cap's shield in the big shockwave, or like like Malfoy pointed out, like full power Iron Man suit because of lightning via Thor, that never really comes up again. And that's a right. little bit frustrating. It's like, why are you putting that in the movie if we're not gonna just continuously build? on like the teamwork that the Avengers are supposed to be. Even in the final fight in New York, we have a shot of um and we have a shot of Iron Man flying up and then like shooting beams off of Cap's shield and Cap is like reflecting them around. I mm-hmm. we have a shot of that. I think they do pay that off later. I think there's a shot in either Endgame or Infinity War where they do it again. Yeah, uh, and there's there's the shot of like Cap with Mjolnir like doing it himself. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and it's just like cool, but that's that defeats the purpose of like the Avengers tag team moves, right? You know what I mean? Like, I if you're gonna show me cool tag team moves, evolve them through the other Avengers movies. Don't just like be like, oh yeah, hey, and they could do these things, but we're not gonna talk about them. Also, I'm a little just like, come on, man, because this would have been the perfect movie for the uh, Unibeam to show up. The Unibeam or a proton proton cannon, like yeah, kind of. This yeah. this would have been the the movie for that to happen, and if not here, then it damn well needed to show up in Endgame. But you know, whatever. Um, <laughs> I'm not mad. <laughs> one last thing. One last thing for Avengers that I thought uh, was pretty funny. Uh, if you look from Avengers to Age of Ultron, the amount of hype that I had experienced between my, me and my friends for Hawkeye plummeted so drastically it is ridiculous like coming out of the first avengers hawkeye like kind of stole the show like the first time through you're like this guy is awesome he's just looking to the back shooting without looking just like taking out all these guys and then uh, age of ultron comes around and it's just like so he's the normal guy that's that's his that's his thing He's the one that gets them to come out of the the head the head trance kind of yeah. thing. I guess. Now I get I get what you're saying. Like he had such a pivotal role at first, being the bad guy, and then being uh you know the the badass that he is in Avengers coming out of that, and he, he his role just keeps getting diminished diminished throughout the rest of the MCU. And I think it is it's a lot of well, what can we do with him? He's just a dude with a bow and arrow. Yeah. Then, <laughs> then we go into the old man Logan area and make him the world's most accurate man, but now he's blind. Like, give him something cool. You know what I mean? He will eventually. It'd be this guy. It's got, it's what happens with archers. It's either they lose their eyes or they lose one of their arms. Like, yeah. it's just Ooh. the future, future yeah. archers. I mean, can he lose one of his legs and get the cool, uh, what is it, planet terror, like machine gun leg? <laughs> that's you know, you, know, you know what i'm saying you know what i'm talking about yeah yeah yeah. oh yeah i know what you're talking about yeah like <laughs> give, give him one of those so he's just like bow ha ha ah machine gun leg bah, 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 another arrow ha, ha, ha. <laughs> <laughs> it'd be fun also to to toss something in here from chat <clears throat> my lovely sister is here and as she does when she shows up she says kind of inappropriate things that make me uncomfortable 
Um, she said, Spider-Man is a furry. Changed my mind. Huh. Uh, well, <laughs> uncomfortable. So there's the spiders. Some spiders. No, I think they're hairy, though. So it doesn't. Uh, and so I asked her, I was like, Tensebeat, you need to show your work on this one. She goes, dresses up like a spider, behaves like a spider, has a spider persona, isn't actually a spider. Yeah. <laughs> it takes lots of selfies in the persona. Wrestles, out. <laughs> wrestles with preferring the anthro persona to their own human persona. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, in, 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 by that... Batman is also a furry. <laughs> I mean, I'll give you that if we're going by this logic. But it's damn it, uh, how about Ant Man and the Wasp? Are they furries too? It's <laughs> my 10 pick. Is that your 10 pick? Yeah, it is. Okay, smooth, smooth. Ant Man um, and the Wasp, awesome. Okay, like I think you had this Malfoy as uh, being higher than Ant Man, right? Uh, I did. Okay, and so what was about the second one that that rated it higher for you so i think it's because i didn't relate to so i don't like michael douglas in both of these movies i have to say uh michael I, douglas. I don't know if that's him or if that's hank pym um but i'm just not really a fan um and i feel like I, his daughter in the first one had the same sort of like i, I wasn't really in like it felt like i was only watching it for when michael Pena was on screen or mm-hmm. when um Paul Rudd is on Paul screen. Rudd, thank you. I don't know how you blank on Paul Rudd's name. How do you do that? Shame but, him, uh, internet. Yeah, so if Paul Rudd and uh, Michael Pena went on screen, I was just kind of like, okay, I mean, this is fun, but I- I'm not really like connecting with the story that much. Whereas I feel like the second one is gangbusters start to finish. I don't, I don't know what they did in the off time, but I like every character. I don't think anyone is annoying. I think the small amount of time that they give um, his company instead of making them like featured characters uh, mm-hmm. to a degree, I think works perfectly. I think their dosages are great. Um, the, the Bubba Yaga freaking line every time. <laughs> just like Bubba <laughs> Yaga. But yeah, 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 this one thoroughly enjoyed it. Very cool. No, no, I, I, I have to agree. I think, uh, I think I put Ant-Man in the Wasp higher than Ant-Man, but I think it was only by like one. Like, no, no, I had Ant-Man higher. Okay. Either way, I think the, the two are very interchangeable depending on the day for me. And I, I get the what you're what you're saying. Like I don't particularly care for Michael Douglas as an actor in the first place. So yeah, him as Hank Pym is very off putting. And if she is supposed to be um mimicking her father, so to speak, it, it she would be very off putting too. And then it's much more she is much more lively i guess is the way to put it in the second movie and and i mean uh michael Pena's character even calls it out it's like i have a very serious haircut and look at me like <laughs> thing. so uh it makes I, sense it i shouldn't have to try that hard to like evangeline lily like for, for that to be an obstacle is like what are you doing <laughs> <laughs> and then you know the second movie does have the bonus of having walton goggins which just walton oh. goggins in anything is great exactly so. <laughs> This character's so funny in the, the truth serum joke. I laughed so hard. Oh my god, genius! Especially when comes around to being like, it is a truth serum. <laughs> yeah. After he takes it, yeah, so good. I, I will still completely vote that Michael Pena kind of kind of makes the 
the comic relief role the best thing that could happen to those movies i, oh, I yeah. love that character so much Luis is such a solid character i said it last time i went to high school with that guy i know exactly i know exactly who that character is like <laughs> yeah but he's but he's trying to to get a suit for himself and then he just keeps down selling the whole time until he gets something it's so, yeah. <laughs> so oh uh, man <clears throat> okay so for my number 10, I feel like my number 10 and number 9 are interchangeable whenever uh, the day, whatever the day is. Uh, I have Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1 at number 10 and then Gar- Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 at number 9. And the only reason why I put Volume 2 a, a little bit higher is because I feel like after they break out of the prison in Volume 1, the movie goes downhill drastically for me. Like, it's it it becomes it, make, it makes a turn into such a more dramatic movie instead of the fun loving movie that I had already been watching. That even though it's still a good movie, don't get me wrong, it's just a, it's just not what I was already set up for. So that's the only reason why I feel like it goes a bump behind Volume Two. When a lot of people, I understand, like, oh, well, it's not the same. Volume Two is not near as good as as Volume One. Is like, I, I, I disagree. I, I enjoy Volume Two all the way through because of the the backstory you're getting to, to Quill and the 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 sibling rivalry between uh, Nebula and uh, Gamora, and then the the I mean the lessons that we every each character almost every every character learns throughout the movie. So. Yeah, I have I've Guardians of the Galaxy 2 at number 9 as well. Um oh. but I have the original Guardians higher. Um prior to Infinity War actually, the prison scene in Guardians 1 was my favorite scene in the entire MCU. I mean, I, it's a great scene. Like the setup scene too where they're having their conversation and you see Groot in the background. It's a it's a steady shot and you just see him go up to steal this thing and you're like, <laughs> "Okay, yeah, now they're on a time clock." Like that start to finish when they show up so when they leave, is it's just perfect. It's like what 10, 12 minutes, maybe? It's, it's just yeah. so good. It's so good. <laughs> it's so, it, and and like Quill, Quill still having to go get the the leg, even though Rocket <laughs> doesn't actually need it, but they are on a clock. Like it's he's like, Well, what did he look like? What did he what, what was his face when you asked him for his leg? Like kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I promise that guy credits. <laughs> Uh, I look at people who enjoy Guardians the same way I look at beer. I wish I could enjoy it. It looks like fun. <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just, I can't. <laughs> what about uh, Volume Two? Did you did you already talk about Volume Two? Me? Yeah. Yeah, we talked about Volume Two last time. Um, yeah, you did. wasn't okay. really a fan. Uh, just because was, of your was... bad taste of Volume One. Yeah, and I felt like the the story points were y'all y'all kind of took me to school on my opinion for it, but because <laughs> I had said like a bunch of like the the character development and stuff like that, and you were like it was super important to the end because now they're actually sisters and uh, and I'm like yeah, but like okay, <laughs> I, I I robbed myself of a perfect Infinity War Endgame experience having not had that primer for Nebula. Because mm-hmm. I, I genuinely came out of Guardians of the Galaxy 2 thinking Nebula is top three, if not top two, most important characters for the entire conclusion of the series. 
Like she is the linchpin for so many stories to work. And oh, this is so true. And her relationship with Gamora, like I mean, it's implied. Like I, I didn't miss a lot having not seen the specifics of this this movie. But it's emotional. It's like I feel like the reason I like Guardians One is the heart of the characters, the performance, and then just the like the absolute joy I have watching it. It's just a it's a movie. It's like a it's like a blockbuster that we used to have a long time ago. I just it's pure energy, right? I feel like Guardians mm-hmm. of the Galaxy Two. I love it because it's smart, and it's not necessarily like the heart or the fun all the time. But I feel like everything in that movie is written to benefit the next thing. And it's, I, I love it for it. And then the stuff that we, you know, uh, get at the very end of like, um, uh, setting up for Adam Warlock, like, mm-hmm. you know, Jason just has so much in the works planted in both of these movies to just go into that third movie. Whenever we get that volume three, I will be there to watch it. So, and that volume three, the, the, the redeeming factor for it is the fact that, that Thor's on the ship. So now we have something to throw off the character dynamic because this is true. if we have a third movie, that's just Quill and rocket arguing with Drax being like, I am the ultimate of everything. I don't think I can <laughs> handle it. I, I don't think I can. So you just hear Chris Hemsworth instead of Bradley Cooper. Like it's going to be the same dynamic, but it's a different dynamic because as we saw at the end when he's like, but I'm the captain, you're the captain. Yeah. No, no, yeah, you yeah. are. Yeah. I told you you're the captain. Yeah, you're the captain. Yep, I'm the captain. That's the new dynamic. Not shut up, you're bad at this. No, I'm the best at this. It's now I'm the captain, right? Like everybody understands that I'm I'm still I'm still the big dog around here, right? You you get that? It's <laughs> it's now where Quill is uh not insecure. We can't just let him have one. He has to be in a position to where he's just like, I don't know that I'm good enough, guys. Well, that's his whole character. It's imposter syndrome to the max. And while it's a character that I should identify with <laughs> it you has know. it has been just seared out of my liking range because someone had to ruin it for me and i hate that somebody ruined it for me i hate that i <laughs> rephrase i hate that i let somebody ruin it for me that's that's a good way to put it yeah well, i don't know like i used to hate jd on scrubs for the same reason because i felt like i related too hard yeah so I, J- I get and jd is JD is a, a a precious kind of problematic person that's trying real hard, and we love him for yeah. it. Um, what uh, was, right, nine. You're number nine. Number nine. Yeah. Yes. You're number right. nine. My number nine. Captain America: First Avenger. First Avenger mm-hmm. is at number nine. I yes. mean, that that kind of hurts me a little bit. It's it's so far. Not as much so as I hurt you though. <laughs> this is true uh this origin story is in your top 10 so like obviously it still sticks with you Mm -hmm. was there a part of this movie that you just enjoyed than the other 13 movies um i liked red skull as a bad guy that is a good that's a good call and unfortunate that Hugo Weaving just will not come back to play that role. And I will say you dumb. <laughs> Absolutely you dumb. Go enjoy being a ghost in space. We don't need you. Was it for um, reasons? Like I forget why he didn't want to come back. I think he was just over being in a superhero movie. He was just like, "No, I'm better than that. I was an elf, goddammit." 
and now I'm <laughs> and now I'm science Hitler. No, I'm not doing that. That's fair. I mean, it's essentially what it is. He's he's just he's like he doesn't want to come back to play certain roles. Um, I, I, obviously, afterwards he came back to play what Miss, uh, not Mister Anderson, but uh, Agent Smith yeah. in in a, a commercial for was it medical equipment or whatever right <laughs> that's so, so weird that's so it, weird it was a super and then he bowl ad right he was what it was a super bowl ad right yeah it was a super bowl ad that's right so maybe they just threw a lot of money yeah, at him and he's like, oh, i guess i can't imagine disney didn't throw a lot of money at him though to come back yeah. as red skull but you know ross marquan you know doing his best hugo weaving impression doing Red Skull was not bad. At I, first, I did not recognize it. it wasn't him. Yeah, I still don't recognize it. Anything? Who was gonna know? I wasn't gonna know. I, I still, <laughs> I still yeah. think you're making stuff up. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, um. So I liked Red Skull. I liked Red Skull a lot. Um. I liked our second iteration of Howard Stark. Um. There was a lot of stuff I liked about this movie. I liked the Howling Commandos, even though they were very underplayed in the movie. I think that they could have been um, a little bolder with the Howling Commandos because that would have been really cool. Also, would have been really cool to see uh, to see Nick Fury here, mm-hmm. and we get Sam Jackson, Nick Fury, and then we they could even play at like a uh, like a like a 007 kind of thing where like Fury is is like a call okay. sign. Like it's, it's like a rank. It's like something that can be passed. So you're, you're Fury now. You know what I mean? It's a little, it's a little cheesy, but I would have been cool with it. Um, but yeah, as as far as this one goes, it's it's number nine. It's really far up the list. And if I had to choose an origin story to watch, I would be watching this one. Does does the timeline work out right for? Uh, Howard Stark, like his age wise, because it's what we see him die in Civil War as as Jeffrey Statley. Is that his last name? Is that his first name? I don't know. Either way, and then he's uh, in the seventies, right? In Endgame, it's the same actor. It is the same actor in Endgame. It's the eighties or the nineties when he died when he dies in Civil War. I think it's the eighties. It's the eighties. Okay. So I guess I guess that works out because he would have been what around how how old do you think Dominic Cooper is in in as Howard Stark in First Avenger? In, I would in the say 30s? like 30s. early early thirties max. So it's fifteen. He doesn't look eighty know. years. Old. I don't think the actors work out. No, <laughs> but in First Avenger, I would say I would put him between like twenty eight and thirty one. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'd say too. Where he's just this tech genius, and he's been hustling, and the government's like, "Well, looks like, uh, look, looks like you work for us now." And he's like, "Whoops, looks like I work for you now." Okay. Uh, <laughs> and Bruce just put December sixteenth, nineteen ninety one. Howard Stark dies. Nineteen ninety one. Nineteen ninety one. Yeah. So. Yeah, he does not look. He does not look almost ninety. Yeah. yeah. Nope. You know what? <laughs> Tech genius, tech billionaire. You don't age at that point because you just build a new body when you get old. That's fair. Okay. <laughs> um, Malfoy, what do you have at number eight? So these next two are some more Captain Americas. I have Winter Soldier at eight, and then I have Civil War at seven. 
So winter's colder than civil war. Okay. Okay. Uh, how do you differentiate between the two? Uh, I like the story of civil war more and Spider-Man's in it. So that's why I moved it one up. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love that. Otherwise like, I say, I think they're equal. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I have winter soldier as my number eight as well. And I, I just think that how it jumps in as, you know, this we're, we're adding in a new genre within the comic book movie genre of, you know, spy thriller kind of thing. Like it just showed us like we can start doing new things with comic book movies. It doesn't just have origins anymore. It can be, we, it opens it up for Ant-Man to be a heist movie. It opens up for, um, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy to be a uh, jailbreak movie. Like, it's just all kinds of great stuff. And I'm all for Winter Soldier. So, See, I put, uh, <clears throat> if we're moving to, to number eight, I put Infinity War at number eight. Okay. And this, because <laughs> I saw Malfoy's face. Uh, <laughs> So from here to the from here to number one, it took me a minute to figure it out, and it came down to what am I going to sit down and watch? Yeah, like of these movies, which one am, am I most inclined to sit down and watch? I have a really hard time sitting down and watching movies. That's why I've really enjoyed having a purpose for sitting down and watching movies through Journey into Mystery because it's given me time to go. You know what? I have to commit time to just stopping for a little bit and to watch this movie because I don't do that well. <clears throat> so if I'm going to do that, Infinity War is number eight. And it was awesome. I enjoyed it. It was a ton of fun. It just had to have a spot on the list. <laughs> <laughs> Understandable. I mean, um, Infinity War is just like it. It. I don't want to say that it's a downer, but I mean, it's ins on a down, you know? Yeah. In and, and not that it that's a bad part, like because that it comes up later in my list. I haven't said it yet. It's just I I get it. I get I get why it's around number eight for you, or it is number eight for you. It is number eight, and <clears throat> yeah, I have. I think I, I have I, means to defend my the rest of my list. So <laughs> so I I think you both brought up two things that I, I think together are, are are pretty good on articulating how these next few things are going to feel because. Winter Soldier, like you said, Mitch, uh, redefined what they could do within superhero genres. It wasn't like, okay, it's just a superhero movie, right? It's like, okay, well, we can have superhero characters, but what do we want to do with them? Yep. So then, as Ian was saying, if you want to pick a movie that you want to watch, I feel like the rest of these movies are all movies that decided to do something different within Mm -hmm. the superhero genre. So... Maybe Ian doesn't like Infinity War. Um, but I feel I like, like the War. next seven, <laughs> six, five movies on this list all did something way different than what... Okay, except for one. But way different <laughs> than the stuff that came before it because of what Winter Soldier did. So I think Winter Soldier walked so that the rest of these movies we're about to talk about could run. <laughs> I... Can, can I put out there... Actually, Mitch, did you say what you put at number eight? Yeah, Winter Soldier was my number okay, eight. Okay, making sure. Because yeah. transitioning to number seven here then, I put Winter Soldier as my number seven. <laughs> Look yeah. at that. 
So I just want to bring up the fact for Winter Soldier and Infinity War, we we get both get a scene where well in Winter Soldier you have Captain America Steve Rogers holding a helicopter you know at bay with just his arms, and then in Infinity War you have Thor putting the star into the the, the forge or whatever it is to so that mm-hmm. he hammer like both have that iconic like i'm using all the muscles in my arms to do this kind of thing. <laughs> and we're filming it at the exact angle so you see all of my glamour muscles and i'm glorious yes that's right 100 percent um i love i love winter soldier i like the captain america movies that involve that involve bucky because like winter soldier like we said it's it's a it's a jason bourne movie Yes, yeah. it's that spy movie. But then we take it a step further with we talked about it when these episodes came out for Journey to Mystery, which if you haven't listened to, you should probably go listen to them because they're fantastic and they're a lot of fun. But um <clears throat> the fight choreography, they had to completely factor in for a fact that that Bucky has a metal arm and he's going to fight with that metal arm. So it's the thought process that went into okay, so he's trained in hand to hand combat and he's very proficient in it, but then he takes it one step further to be intuitive and good at improvising in combat with that metal arm. The shot where he just puts his hand on the barrel of that gun, just like you're not shooting me right now. Like that's genius. Who else is going to be like, yeah, let me put my hand on the barrel of a gun like that? Nobody. Or he like, catch shield when cat when cat throws it at it grabbing it and the fights are so brutal like the fist fights are just so like one of us is dying here and i loved it it was it was great (laughs) the elevator scene might still be the best Mm -hmm. choreographed fight for me personally uh just also the way they filmed it you get to see all of the moves everyone's making in a very small space Mm -hmm. um yeah, that that is for me my favorite part of the movie. Um but uh this this the overpass scene as well. Um yeah. I I think the trailer the the scene where it shows Bucky at the start of that fight sequence just turn and grab the shield and how they just end on it. I think is probably the most effective trailer for me personally. Um it's I a I hypothetical. Skip- I, I skipped out on a lot of trailers after that because I felt like I'm going to see these movies anyway, so I don't really need to watch them. But at that point, I was still like 100% news. Whenever a new trailer drops, I want to see it. And that ending, I think, is the money shot of all money shots for the MCU. I was I just wanted to say, like, I remember being in the theater for this movie and, and being the comic book nerd that I already am. Like, I already knew Bucky is the Winter Soldier. But there were so many you know, just movie watchers that know nothing about the comic books when they finally feel that part in the movie where he takes his mask off and, and caps like Bucky. And I just heard a collective gasp of people like, what? He survived. Like, it's like, Oh man, there are people that didn't know already know this. This isn't part of (laughs) knowledge for everybody. So like that to me, like being in the same room where everybody was experiencing that reveal was just great. So, and it was a really good payoff. Mm-hmm. We got the we got the heartbreak of losing Bucky in First Avenger. And then we get the payoff of him coming back and just being a badass of a bad guy in this movie. As well as kind of the furthering of the heartbreak of like, oh, well, he doesn't know that he's a badass. Yeah. Like his mind is so scrambled and messed up. Like he doesn't know 
He doesn't know what day it is. He doesn't know who he is. He doesn't know shit about shapes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I love that movie. It's fantastic. So my number seven is First Avenger, Captain America: First Avenger. Uh, you know, it probably ranks just above Winter Soldier, just because it's the origin story, and I love the story of Meek uh, Steve Rogers, who just wants to, you know, give what he can for his country, fight the good fight, take care of, you know, take out the bully, and he gets to be the good guy. He gets to be the hero. Like that, the scene between him and Doctor Erskine when he's like, "Do you just want to go over there and punch Nazis?" and he's like, "No, I just I don't like bullies," you know. And it's the right thing to do. And these guys are giving all they can. Why? Why shouldn't I do the same? And it's it to me that that movie just speaks to me on so many levels. Just because I, I just love that persona. I guess that archetype. And that like there was a quote that I saw. I've seen it like I, I see it every couple of years when things get bad politically and whatnot, but. Uh, right after first Avenger came out, it was somebody who was just like, be the person that Steve Rogers know you can like knows you can be. And it's like, huh? <laughs> like he just he believes in me. Yeah. I'm like, damn it. <laughs> I really just let Cap I let Cap down. <laughs> Steve really is the heart of the entire MCU. Uh I mm-hmm. think his origin really speaks to that too. I didn't like so like the meat and potatoes of it. I didn't I didn't like the structuring and then the the like war aspect of the film that much. Mm-hmm. But I think the small moments, the character moments, like like you said with Stanley Tucci's character, uh, with Peggy, um, I just I feel like Steve is just so emotionally effective at being a good person and wanting you to root for him. And obviously putting him in the most obviously black and white evil versus good part of history right. um, is, is very like beneficial to that. Mm-hmm. But I think Chris Evans does something with the character over the 10 years he gets with it. That's just, I don't know, him, him and him and RDJ get enough praise. I think I, I don't think they're like hurting for any recognition, but they definitely <laughs> they definitely deserve it. All right, gentlemen, we need to speed through the next six. So, uh, Ian, what is your number six? Number six is the first Iron Man. Okay, Iron Man. Uh, and it was it was solid. It got the MCU rolling. I, it's a fun movie still. It's a little dated. Like it looks a little dated at times, but like, hey, it's over a decade old at this point, so we can't really fault it. Like, you you go Iron Man one. Ah, punch my mic. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> you you do your thing, old man Iron Man one. Uh, Malfoy, what's your number six? My number six is Black Panther. Black Panther. All right. I. I mean, you know where mine. It, it, it's. It's not too far from here. So what? What puts it at number six for you? Um, I think I just love the next five so much, and that th- those were a lock. So when I was redoing the you know next six through whatever, um, Black Panther is the next best movie. I feel like it's. Something that I there's two performances in this that I feel like transcend what the MCU had available to them prior to like Infinity War because this came out in February, right? Mm-hmm. I feel like Michael B. Jordan gives one of the best performances in the entire MCU. Period. Mm. That's it. Absolutely. I think both Shuri and Chichala are both characters that, unfortunately, we only get Shuri now, but 
I think both of those characters were destined to be huge classics forever. Um, unfortunately, with Chadwick Boseman passing, we probably won't get much more with T'Challa. Um, but I think Shuri has a very promising future, and I'm really looking forward to just a, a, breath, of, a breath of fresh air coming from Afrofuturism in uh, and Black That Soma. sibling dynamic was fantastic. I know that this is very much going to be looked down upon an opinion wise. And I trust me, I would, I want Chadwick Boseman to still be alive. If nothing else to just be able to play this role more, but you know, when uh, I forget who the actor was that played um, Dumbledore in the first two Harry Potter movies, he passed away. We got a new Dumbledore. Is there not a possibility of getting a new T'Challa? a new actor to play T'Challa. I don't think so in 2020 climate. I don't oh. think anyone's going to be down and I don't think Disney's down for risks of that level. Um, and also I don't know that Dumbledore was hugely beloved before the passing. Okay. So it wasn't like a huge Brett, like earth shattering thing that Dumbledore got recast. Um, I, they could. I think uh, it's if done correctly and with the right people involved, they totally could. Uh, it, it just feels like a risk that nobody wants to touch today. Okay. I, that's, I mean, that's completely fair. And trust me, I, I don't think I really want anybody else to play the role. And I think that Marvel has enough storyline that they can have Shuri step in as the Black Panther. And we don't. Absolutely. It's not. No one's going to, you know, have their uh, have a heart skip, you know, kind of thing. Um, we'll see. We'll see what they do with Black Panther 2 now. Uh, I have Infinity War in, at number six. I, the only thing I want to say past what we've already said about this movie is that it had every opportunity to just be a movie that would bridge to the next movie, to Endgame, and yet it still does something great. It actually makes you think about the Thanos character. It makes you question how you feel about a villain like it's i think civil war starts it off in the mcu of like the the relatable villain with um uh helmet zemo or baron zemo and mm-hmm. then you go into uh black panther with um michael b jordan's character and then thanos like the three villains in these movies are just very relatable and very like yeah i kind of see what they're talking about kind of thing um so infinity war had every right to just be a uh, uh, filler movie, but it it does so much more, and I'm totally glad to have, have seen it. And that's why it's my number six. Uh, my number five is Avengers. Number it it comes in. It's the first Avengers. It 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 hits the t- top five. It it was further. It was further down in my list. It was closer to number one for the very long time, just because I got all five Avengers in one movie coming together and you know kicking ass and in that final battle scene for the the fight for new york kind of thing is is so epic in so many ways and for you know the first time seeing something like that it was amazing and i think that um after that you ha- you saw the real uh consequences in the rest of the mcu like even in the netflix stuff they still ref- refer to it as the incident you know like it's it's the repercussions of what happened in New York and everybody knowing that there's aliens out there and everybody knowing that the Avengers are around, like it makes a, uh, a ripple 
So that to me, it's just it's a big part of the MCU, and that's why it's so high for me. Yeah, it's it's the contemporary super soldier serum. It's the point from which the MCU branches off forever. Mm-hmm. Like once once the super serum is administered to Steve, all science is focused on that for the foreseeable future, right? Yep. So once New York gets hit, all aspects of superheroes, Avengers, every sort of global government uh, defense situation is based off that moment from there on out. Mm-hmm. It defines everything. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I agree. What do you have for number five, Malfoy? I have Homecoming. And so I said my top five were a lock and these were the non-negotiables because I could watch them at any time and be happy and be content and I would not turn it off. Uh, Homecoming is the first of that because I really love high school movies as a genre because even though usually they are very small stakes, government uh, become older, you kind of relate to it a lot less. You know in high school, the stakes for those characters it is life and death, whether it is or not. Like for them, it is. So you pair that with the situation of being Spider-Man and your potential girlfriend's dad is Vulture and you get these crazy, like everything's bumped to 11, but also it's still high school. I love it. That That is my bread and butter. I will watch it all the time. I mean, half of that movie feels like a John Hughes film, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, it, it really does. And I, I, I totally get what you, where you're coming from with that. And uh, I think we talked about that a little bit when I had it up higher in my list uh, last time. But um, I, I respect that. Like, I really do. I think that you're absolutely right. It is one of the things that I l- used to love about uh, Buffy the Vampire, the TV show, right? Like, it's very, all the problems are high school, but then you throw in this mythological fantasy element that really takes the same subject, but gives it this weird twist and and it it works so i i get it you know it's he's spider-man he's got the world the the weight of his the world on his shoulders but he's also got to deal with does that girl like me exactly (laughs) and you know that those two things are not congruent in any way possible but for him it is 100 percent. exactly 100 percent. i'd rather go fight the lizard than go i don't know if she actually likes me or not right Right, <laughs> Ian. Number five. Number five. All right. So <clears throat> I have no idea where I got all all wonky, but my numbers are all kinds of all over the place. I've already said my number five. Apparently, Ooh. it was further up the list, and I'm very frustrated. <laughs> yeah. Um, so according to the list that I have written down, somehow I messed up. Um, it was supposed to be Winter Soldier at number five. And okay. Iron Man number one, uh, Iron Man one at number four. So okay. I have no idea where I got messed up. I'm very sorry. <laughs> I have a question that might solve this problem. Yes. Do you guys want to just give our remainders and then just pick like two or three movies to close out on since we're running out of time? Perfect. Yeah, we can do that. Um, so from number five, which should have been Winter Soldier, I have five is Winter Soldier, four, the first Iron Man, number three, Black Panther, number two, Endgame, number one, Civil War. Ooh. Okay. Uh, I have Avengers number five, Black Panther number four, Endgame number three, Iron Man number two, and Civil War number one. And we're going to have words about Civil War. <laughs> yes. <laughs> what are the last remaining ones for you, Malfoy? So number five, I had Homecoming. Uh, number four, Guardians of the Galaxy one. Uh, number three, the first Iron Man. And then 
number two, Endgame, number one, Infinity War. Uh, I really do feel those last two movies are the best that they accomplished. Um, and then Iron Man, I, I have a lot to say about Iron Man. I'll, I'll choose that as my movie to talk about. Um, okay. But Civil War feels like something we should discuss since both of you had it. And I think we also should talk about Endgame since I believe that's in all of our top three. Okay. Okay. So uh, go ahead with Iron Man. So I love Iron Man because it didn't have the prospect of future films to rely on. There's nothing, there's nothing in that movie that other than the end credit scene, which is free of everything else. If it's not in that movie, it doesn't hurt the film in any way. Um, But that movie had to exist. Not only did it have to be good enough to stand by itself, um, but it had to be good enough to justify Robert Downey Jr. being in it. Um, This was not a good point in his life. Um, And also John Favreau put a lot of his own stake in the game for this. So this was by all accounts, a very big bet that Disney was taking and they just crushed it. They crushed it. I mean, fair Um, in a way that I think I I feel like the discussion doesn't get talked about in terms of what the film has to say um, about like the weapons industry, how these people are profiting off of it, who Tony Stark was prior to the incident in uh, the Middle East and then who he becomes afterwards. But I think the best part about it is the villain is basically Tony Stark, but he exists in a, in a world of like, there is always somebody to make money and profit off of this. This villain will exist and he looks exactly like the good guy. So mm-hmm. the good guy has to do something about it. And I love that so much. I think this movie is perfect. I, I mean, it, for the longest time, Iron Man was my number one. Like C- Civil War comes, by, comes in and, and kicks it out for me. So it is my number two. Uh, everything, everything you're saying. And then even... Because it, it is. John Favreau comes in and says, look, I know you guys don't trust the idea of Don- Robert Downey Jr., but trust me in the fact that you let me make this movie, and he is perfect. Like, he had to fight for Robert Downey Jr., as the reports go, that for to, to be Tony Stark. And look what it did. It, it makes the rest of the MCU. If he he also throws in the the Nick Cage part after the credits as a lark, as he said he's he's gone on to say like he didn't think that I was going to mean anything. He just was like let's let's get it because the the Nick Fury in the Ultimate Marvel Comics looks like Nick Fury on purpose. So let's see if he'll come in and do this for me. Like boom, you, you get that done. If John Favreau doesn't hit it out of the park with Iron Man, and then you know Iron Man two and creating the MCU. Do you get the Mandalorian? Like, it's, does no? Does, I, I I would venture to say Iron Man is the single most important instance of pop culture since it came out. Yeah, it, you're you're. I mean, it, it it's pulling in other things. It's making Disney what it is today. <laughs> so, and honestly, I don't think there's any hyperbole in that statement. It, I don't. I, I believe it wholeheartedly. <laughs> so I, I'm sure we're gonna get flack for that, but you know, send it towards us on twitter I, i'd love to discuss it more uh, specifically mitch i i don't have words to defend that um uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> so we put civil war you and i as our as our number one yeah that is correct and if if only it was for the the airport scene that's that would make it my number one but there is so much more going on in this movie that i love that mm. i'm happy that i get to see uh see this movie we get 
great um like interpersonal uh, interpersonal dynamic amongst the avengers in this movie um in the airport scene alone we have black widow and hawkeye fighting and uh the whole you're pulling your punches line there that's fantastic because yeah they're just gonna spar it out they the end of this doesn't affect them really at the end of the day they just get assigned a new mission and they go do that um the fight scene with Cap and Bucky versus Iron Man. The the best fight scene, in my opinion, in all of the MCU. <laughs> it's in, it's it's well choreographed. The pacing is fantastic. Um, just when uh, just when Tony looks like he's down, he's like, "Hey, analyze movements." And now he's doing the Iron Man thing of like, "Okay, I see a pattern. I see what you're doing." And he's outthinking them as opposed to out like out fighting them. And it's a really good display of Tony's capability outside of the suit because we just saw in Iron Man three um, that Tony is capable out of the suit. And now you're kind of putting those two together, and I like that a lot. Um, Forget in that very fight scene. Cap and Buck are so in tune with each other, they are passing the shield between them mm-hmm. as they like in exactly. Yeah. So that it's that, like it, it's like bouncing off a wall, somebody catches it and smacks it and lets it go, and the other one catches it like mid-motion when they're just kind of like bouncing it off of Tony back and forth that couple of times. Beautiful, beautiful. It's you remember when that gif was going around of just yeah. the shield bouncing between the two of them back and forth, back and forth. <laughs> so good, yeah. dude. And it's it's a beautiful story of friendship def- like defies time. That even though you all this stuff has happened to Bucky and and Steve, they're still able to be each other. They're still there to yeah, still able to be there for each other and they still know and understand each other and the time and the distance apart hasn't changed any of that. One thing I like that- it. Yeah, no, it's it's so good. One thing that I have to say, and I am never really a one of like I need to bash something else to lift another thing, but a lot of people have pointed out that a lot of the plot points and the villain scheme in this movie is very similar to the the plot points and villain scheme of Batman v Superman, whereas you know uh, the the idea is the villain is is pitting the two against each other and destroying the the bond that they have well superman and batman don't have a bond in their movie but the thing is that zemo zemo's character does it so much better and the the movie just portrays the storyline so much better i mean we even have a part i mean the biggest thing that you make fun of in batman v superman is the martha thing right what's his name? uh um what is frank grillo's character's name uh oh um bad guy in the beginning of civil war crossbones 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 as Bucky and Cap's like, what? Why'd you say that? And totally misses the part where you know he's gonna blow himself up. Like it totally throws him off, just like Martha throws off, you know, throws off Batman. So it, you see the similarities. It just works better for me. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Yeah. It the movie just works. And Zemo is so good. Like at the very end, throughout the whole movie, they're planting that seed of him listening to that uh, voicemail over and over. You don't know it's the same one that he's just listening to over and over, but. By the end, you realize that's what it is. His his family died. His family died in Sokovia. Yeah, yeah. he's gonna be pissed at the at the heroes. Like it makes sense. So everything about this movie from beginning to end works for me. And 
when they got out of Winter Soldier, like it's it's uh Cap and and Sam saying, Hey, you know, we're gonna go looking for Buck, and then it was announced that it's going to be Civil War. I was like, Well, what about the whole finding Buck thing? Like, where is that gonna and they they integrated the two stories together so well that I yeah. did, I love this movie. I love everything about no, I, it. I think Civil War I, I want to touch on two things. The one that each of you said, um, but I think Civil War succeeds in a way that's kind of impressive given how polarizing um, Ultron left everything to have to pick mm-hmm. that up in a spot that nobody liked really. Um, and then to then make a Civil War movie that's as much a Cap movie as it is an Iron Man movie and like very softly an Avengers movie, basically. Um, and the introduction of both Spider-Man and Black Panther. Yeah. Like this movie has so much going on to it. Um, but I think, Ian, you touched on the across time dynamic between Steve and Bucky. And I think that across time dynamic is the reason why I think Steve is my favorite character and why he succeeds the most for me personally. Because um, his story is he didn't get time. Everyone aged. And I, I think the mantra of time heals all wounds. What happens to the guy who doesn't get any of the time? Right. What wounds are still left? What do you have to solve? Who's left standing? Like his relationship with Peggy, like she dies and Mm -hmm. he's still young. Like, what does that, what does that look like? Right. So this whole thing of Steve having to retroactively fix the past that he never got to live, I I think is just so powerful and making it work in a way that can both separate him from his closest ally, but then also bring them together. It's genius. The movie is really good. Um, Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I also want to say I'm a Batman v Superman apologist and I agree 100%. There are a lot of similarities between those two movies. And this one is without a doubt better. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to talk about Batman v Superman sometime then. Oh, for sure. <laughs> okay. We have so- to talk about Endgame. Oh, I'm sorry, Ian. Were you, did you have? Oh, no, 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 no. That's totally, that's totally all right. We have to, we have to keep moving. Yeah. We have to talk about Endgame. This is. When we when you get to watch Endgame, and we talked about this when we talked about this very movie, um, it's three different movies to me, and and each movie works for what it is, and then works as a giant movie. Like I just being able to watch as they put the whole thing together, so that it goes coherently to the end, and then we have the fight scene with all of Thanos's people, like. It's that's got to be at least what forty minutes of of the movie is just that that last fight scene. It's yeah, it's great. So it's amazing. It's it's the Helm's Deep or Minas Tirith of of comic book movies. <laughs> it's, it's funny that you say that because I was gonna say after that they totally go Return of the King and give you like four endings too. So <laughs> yeah. this is just a full on Lord of the Rings movie, basically. <laughs> yeah. Um, from the from the the light comic book nerd aspect of it, it's all these things that we finally get. We finally get Cap with Mjolnir. Um, we finally get uh, a, a true Avengers assemble, mm-hmm. and that was that was fun because it's kind of been like teased a couple times throughout, if I remember right. And then he finally says it, um, or at least says it with the right kind of meaning that it's like, ooh, God. hell yeah, it's it's go time. <laughs> um, <laughs> chills Look Boy, at that, that whole it's, it's that whole so good moment is just so good like i i usually am very uh, curmud- uh curmudgeon when i go to the theaters i don't like to interact yeah. with anybody don't talk to me nope. at all 
I was I fucking slapping five and cheering with everyone around me. Like Cap pulled out the hammer and I was like, I wanted this my whole life. And it was just like <laughs> the ending that they accomplished. It, they couldn't have done better. I don't think. I don't think it's possible. <laughs> I, I don't either. And I, I love how you said it earlier too. Captain America is the heart of the MCU. Uh, Iron Man, Tony Stark is obviously the charisma of the MCU. And we get a full circle storyline for both of them. Captain America, the man who is always selfless, finally takes it and be and becomes selfish. Like he he makes it so that, you know, this is it. Like I did the thing. I did it all. I helped defeat Thanos. I get to have a piece of for me now. And he goes back in time and lives out his life with Peggy. The man who is always selfish, Iron Man, you know, does the selfless thing. He does the thing that Captain American calls him out in in the first in the first Avengers movie. He says, "You're not the guy that lays his life on the line." And then he does. Like yep. it just is. It, the movie works. I I just love this movie. There's <laughs> I, there's so much going on. So much good. The, uh, it's a movie that's jam packed full of fan service. Oh yeah. That's not cringy fan service. Mm-hmm. It's like the fan service is kind of our reward for sitting through the other 20 something movies. Exactly. And it's like, you made it this far. We'll give you something cool for your trouble. And I'm like, perfect. If I have to That's sit through 20 something movies to get another one of these, I'll be a little upset until you give me the cool fan service. And <laughs> then I'm for it. <laughs> That's that's the whole reason I put it below Infinity War is because I feel like both to me, it's the same story. So I kind of group it as like two just really well put together part one, part twos. But I feel like the reason I put Endgame at two is because, like Ian said, this earned a lot of fan service in the sense of like, there's kind of only certain routes or routes you can take to get to the end, right? Like eventually we're going to have that big moment where everyone fights off against Thanos. We have to get there somehow. So like that level of predictability i think it loses out against infinity war because i genuinely didn't expect them to invest that much time into thanos mm -hmm. and i love them for it um but that is to say the fan service we got was perfect like i said i'm i'm, I'm cheering with strangers i don't even know like i don't do that like that is the <laughs> no. magic of giving us what we wanted needed and deserved and yeah it's just i mean I, when they showed us a year out a year after uh in war came out in the theaters of just being because we were what in the middle of the pandemic like straight that you know well i don't know if it's still i don't, I don't know what you would call it the beginning of the pandemic they started showing us the commercials would be like this is where you were last year in the movie theater and everybody was cheering when captain america picked up picked up the mjolnir like yeah. you just got that feeling again it was just like oh that's right what a different yeah. It was amazing. And in that moment, Thor's reaction is the audience's reaction. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's the perfect mirror where Cap is just like, this is mine now. And she's like, <laughs> and I kind of talked some crap about it earlier, but the fact that Cap was doing all the cool tag team stuff by himself was rad. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Do I feel like I'm kind of contradicting myself, but I'm not. No, because, you're not. Damn you're it. just, <laughs> we're excited. Like, it's hard to not be excited talking about the end of this movie. Um, yeah. How I would like to pay pra praise to a little bit to the beginning, though, because I think the way they set up the sense of dread that the world has after mm -hmm. half of it d disappears, basically, uh, and then the depression that lingers afterwards, I think is very needed. 
because mm-hmm. I, I feel like there there was a level of um maybe people didn't appreciate what 50 percent meant at the end of the first movie um like it was cool to see people dust but you don't really have a sense of like the repercussions of literally half of the world disappearing um like just in terms of function um so i really like that they started there uh, and they let you sit in it the sadness the sense of defeat and and to have a chip on your shoulder like the rest of the gang so when you get to the inevitable fan servicey awesomeness it's twice as good because you started so low mm-hmm. i i do kind of like the the line that cap has of like yeah, so I saw some whales in the bay on my way over. <laughs> like it gives you the, the sense of like, yeah, so Thanos was trying to do something good for everybody in the way like the planet thrives now because there's less people, but like you don't gotta do it that way, bro. Also, like how'd you get lucky and survive your own fifty percent? Like it's it's a coin flip, I get it, but like that's sketchy, bro. Is it fifty percent except for me? <laughs> yeah well, he, he, def- he definitely has to take himself outside of the bubble for the equation like because he's wearing that <laughs> I'm let's just, just say he was lucky like who, how, how are you gonna upset. prove he wasn't i mean you you're not it? gonna prove that he wasn't but i'm still upset about it <laughs> all right so as we mentioned at the beginning of this podcast peppermint gentleman went through and aggregated all three of our lists and put it into a final ranking. And I would like to add the asterisk on this that I've said it a couple times throughout this evening. My list was super jumbly and I don't know why I screwed up real bad. So this is the real list that we're about to go through. Um, we could talk about that. We don't talk about how I got messed up, but <laughs> that's how we do this. Okay. So sorry. Um, but not really because the end result is the end result uh, at me if you want. Uh, <laughs> so out of the 23 Marvel movies at number 23 is Iron Man 2. 22 is Thor the Dark World. 21 is Iron Man 3. 20 is the Incredible Hulk. 19 is Thor. 18 is Spider-Man Far From Home. Seven- 17? Yeah. Captain Marvel. <laughs> 16, Ant-Man, 15, Thor Ragnarok, 14, Avengers Age of Ultron, 13, Doctor Strange, 12, Ant-Man and the Wasp, 11, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, 10, Spider-Man Homecoming, 9, Captain America the First Avenger, 8, Avengers, 7, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 1, 6, Captain America the Winter Soldier, 5, Eight Avengers Civil War, or Captain America Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> That's an Avengers movie. It is. It really is. I mean, everybody says it's Avengers 2.5, I believe. Um, number th- four, Avengers Infinity War. Now for your top three. Number top three. three. <laughs> Black Panther, number two, Iron Man, and number one, Avengers Endgame. And uh, once again, have to give Peppermint Gentleman all the props for doing mm-hmm. all the work to uh, show that this is how, between our three lists, this is how the ultimate list goes for the Geekly Media. Yes. Again, there is that big old asterisk on there because I'm kind of a trash can and I messed up my own, like reading my own list. So, um, yeah. I'm pretty, that's I'm pretty pleased with that, that top three, at least. I think yeah. so. Yeah, I, I, I'm I'm here for I'm here for that. How it all worked out. Um, like I said, a lot of these go back and forth on 
depending on the day for me. Like it, it, I could just be thinking about Black Panther and be like, yeah, everything in that movie is amazing. I need, yeah. to, I need to rewatch that movie. Let, I would have to say, Civil War and Black Panther are probably my most rewatched uh, of the two uh, of the twenty three movies. Like for me, I, I would say that that's kind of same for me, but. Guardians one is the most rewatched yeah. for me, and I'm upset about it. <laughs> that was that was part of the reason why you don't like that movie. Yeah, yeah, because I want people to know I'm not like I'm not good. sad. Like I'm not trying to be mean about it. It was just seared away from me, and I'm mad about it. Like I'm, we said, there's only two bad movies. The rest of them are good. Yeah, yeah. Great, you know. You're, yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. Oh man, two bad. Damn. Movies. <laughs> remember that this is the official you cannot dispute this yes geek elite media ranking list so if you want to dispute it you, we, we could talk about it You're, you'll have to submit a formal request the council will convene we'll hear your case we'll decide if it's worth actually taking to trial and then if it is you'll be placed on the docket and heard in order and speaking um, Speaking of case, I just want to say after our last, uh, <laughs> um, he did text me to be like, "Come on, guys!" <laughs> like about no, just just like he he knew that I I called that out. I said that he would, he's sitting there just screaming at the the podcast at some point <laughs> talking about our rankings in the movies, and it made sense. So, um, well, is there anything? Submit a formal. You can submit a formal complaint case, and like I said, there's a process, and the process will be had. Um, you may or may not see your day in court, um, but you know, lawyer up and we'll see what happens. What happens. It makes sense. Uh, is there any last chat or any last discussions in the chat that we needed? Um, nothing too pertinent. Um, Pep got a really good clip of Malfoy kind of summing up, uh, civil war. It was very succinct. Like, cause we love Malfoy here. I love Malfoy. He's a he's a terrible movie date, but like he's great when it comes to talking about movies. That's a fact. Um, <laughs> and it, future, just want to throw that out there. That's true. I don't know. I ignore people when I go to the movies with them. Don't go to the movies with me. No, don't. If if you're going to watch a movie with Malfoy, watch it at home and make sure it's something he's already seen. Yes, that way you can good. meme about it. Just yeah, so you good. can meme about it. If you want a good movie watching experience with Malfoy, make sure it's something he's seen. Um, <laughs> Speaking of Malfoy, how can people get a hold of you? Um, if you would like to follow me, uh, the only real social media I use is Twitter, um, and that's going to be at my full name. So it's going to be at Alex L Lusardi. Uh, L-U-S-A-R-D-I. Um, yeah. You can ask me about movies if you like, or you can uh, continue to ignore me if you want to. <laughs> and Ian, where can people find you online? So you can find me on Twitter at IanFlux12. That's I-A-N-F-L-U-X. The number's one, two. If you want to come hang out with me during the week, if you want to be here while we're recording these, we record these live on twitch.tv slash Ianflux. Again, that's I-A-N-F-L-U-X. We're live right now. Chat's here. We've been having a good time. They've been laughing. We've been laughing. I've been talking to them without interrupting too much. Um, so yeah, that's the thing. Also, if you want to find Malfoy on one other social media, I do run an unknown Tinder profile for him. Jesus. Called <laughs> The Real Malfoy. And I'm hoping to find somebody good for him. So, you know, that's the thing. I love it. <laughs> 
love it. Only only half of me believes this is a bit. <laughs> I wholeheartedly believe this is true. <laughs> You'll never know. Exactly. Uh all right. Uh, if you want to find me, you can find me on Twitter. I am at Mitchipedia. G-E-M. G-E-M stands for Geek Elite Media. The rest of Geek Elite Media is at Geek Elite Media on Twitter, at Geek Elite Media on Instagram, and Facebook.com forward slash Geek Elite Media is our Facebook page. Check out our archived episodes of this ep- this podcast and other podcasts on our network on our website, geekelitemedia.com. We have a Patreon page. You can get Yo. all the material there if you go and check out Patreon.com slash Geek Elite Media. There may or may not be a link to Malfoy's Tinder bio. Oh my <laughs> god! <laughs> uh, and then uh, whatever podcatcher you use to listen to us, if you use a podcatcher, uh, please rate and review us so that it helps spread the word of our network. Also, this was going to be the last episode of Journey into Mystery until the uh, new year, so uh, come back then when we're going to start our new journey, and you'll see what that's all about. But, a different kind of journey. I hope you have good shoes. <laughs> Bring your toothbrush. Yes. <laughs> On a sleeping bag. <laughs> but until next time, this is Journey into Mystery on the Geekly Media Network saying always remember to geek out. Geek yeah. out. Damn, I'm early. <laughs> nah, it's fine. You're always late. It works. <laughs> I overcompensated. <laughs> This concludes our broadcast. Beep.